This episode is brought to you by ClickFunnels. ClickFunnels is a tool we use here at Boss Free Society. You can easily create opt-in and lead capture pages, sales order pages, webinar pages, auto webinars, and membership sites. You can get a two-week free trial by going to bossfreesociety.com forward slash click and special for our boss free ballers when you sign up to get your free trial we will send you a complete sales funnel built by russell brunson shut the front door tim yes it's true patty it is true and again you can find that at bossfreesociety.com forward slash click Do you believe there is more to your career than waiting for the gold watch in 40 years? Did you know that the average American spends 200 hours a year commuting to a job they probably hate? Does it frost your ass to get a 2% raise that barely keeps up with the rate of inflation? Have you ever worked for a boss hole? We know how you feel, and we want to help. Welcome to the Boss Free Society Podcast. Your entertaining entrepreneur therapy session with your hosts, Tim Wambach and Patty Dominguez. Couch not included. Patty, we're back in the studio having another awesome guest to bring to our boss free ballers. Yes, our our guest is a very strong woman, which I always admire with a great history and just uh, doing so much on the market, serving with some pretty interesting, her background and the information that she's going to share today, I'm sure will be just impressive to so many people. I agree. Uh, Today we are interviewing Kathy Groover. Um, Kathy started studying massage and natural health over two decades ago. Uh, Since then, she's built up an award-winning massage and natural health practice. She started her own television series. She's written three books. She's produced a DVD. She's lectured all over the country. She's even appeared on Lifetime Television's The Balancing Act. Kathy's also pursued degrees in higher education. On top of all that, she has written dozens of health and wellness articles, and she has appeared on over 150 radio and TV shows. Today, the Boss Free Society welcomes Kathy Groover. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely, Kathy. Such a pleasure to connect with you. I believe that we connected on Twitter, so you got to love Twitter. Yes, for its love ability it. to connect people on a greater level. So if you guys are not on Twitter, make sure to jump on because you're. It's so cool that how social media brings people together. And we kind of had an exchange of tweets and took it to the next level. And now you're on our show, which we're so thankful for. But you know, really looking at your background, it's it's so cool. And I believe that you have a latest book that just launched in July at the end of July. Is that right? Yep, that's correct, called Journey of Healing. So that actually puts me up to five, which I don't know when I had time to do all that. But yeah, no, my fifth book just came out. Really excited. It's such a great such a great product. So really, really thrilled to bring that to market and share my story um, with everybody. And, and it was great to meet you guys on Twitter. I love connecting that way. It's <laughs> such a it, – it validates that the time is worth it. Absolutely. Exactly. So can you uh, share the inspiration for the book? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a health and wellness book, but it also really looks at my personal story of not only how I started doing the healing work and built up my practice, but also how I've used different modalities to help people. 
So it's not just a textbook like blah, 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 here's massage, here's homeopathics, here's things like that. It actually covers how I've used it, how I found ways to incorporate that into my life and my practice. And it's, it's what do we call it, an infobiography. It's a lot of really practical tips, but it's also my story woven through. And there's a lot of really funny stories. And I have no problem making fun of myself when I do something stupid. So there's, there's great stories about how I failed using some of these modalities um, to let others know that you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. All right, Kathy, you opened up a window. Let's, let's see. What, can you share a, a funny story of, of a failure you had? Yeah. When I, f- I grew up in Pittsburgh, and we didn't have access in the 80s and early 90s to things like bulk herb stores. So when I moved to California, I got very excited. There was a bulk herb store right around the street, right around the corner from my house. I was so excited. And I went over there one day and I said, I have sinus issues. What do you have for that? And they said, well, we can't prescribe things. We're not allowed to do that. Here's a book. So they hand me this book. I'm like, okay. And I flip through and it says that horseradish is really good for sinus issues. Now, I grew up in a house where we didn't eat fancy food. I had no idea what horseradish was. No clue. So I bought half a pound of dried horseradish, powdered dried horseradish. I made it into capsules. Oh, God. And I took six. Oh, my God. <laughs> because I'm your intestines idiot. on fire? <laughs> oh, my God. Within a matter of moments, I'm like, milk. This is when oh I still drank milk. My and my, my roommate grabbed me a gallon of milk, and I chugged it down, and that lasted for about 20 minutes. Oh. And I needed more milk. I was on fire. I was doubled over in so much pain. But it gets worse. About a week later, I thought, oh, I know what I did wrong. I simply took too much. I'll just take three. Oh, my God. Same thing. And <laughs> I tell that story not just because I'm an idiot, but it, you know, we assume natural remedies are, all na- are, are natural and safe and healthy and that you can't do something bad with them. Yeah. You can do something bad with them, <laughs> trust me. Though I do have to say my sinuses and every other part of my body was clear for several months. Uh, <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was a horrible experience. But I remember doing that because I thought I was, you know, so arrogant about, oh, well, I know what I'm doing. And I read this in a book. And I, you know, no, you need to consult a professional and you need to use your head. And I didn't know what horseradish was. I kind of should have looked it up. <laughs> you know? So, uh, yeah, so things like that. You have to remember that not everything natural is, can't be harmful to you. So you just have to kind of use your head. Yeah, that's taking trial and error to another level, I think. <laughs> well, at least, at least it was me and it wasn't like, oh, hey, I hear, and I didn't give it to somebody else. I would have felt horrible. Yeah, but that yeah, would have I mean, been bad. That would have been bad. But I mean, something like St. John's wort, which is really commonly used for um, low-grade depression and mood disorders, can actually negate the effects of the birth control pill. Wow. Which a lot of people don't know. No. So you know, your depression goes away until you get the pregnancy test back, and then that opens a whole new, whole new door problem. So you, know, you just need to be aware of what you're what you're putting in your body, and, and I share stories similar to things like that. Good stuff, too, yeah. uh, to illustrate those points. Well, it sounds like your background is pretty extensive in looking at your bio um, with all the modalities that you know. Can you tell us a little bit about how this all came to be? That you know, Did you just stack on skill after skill after skill? It's just so fascinating. Yeah, and that's the other reason I wrote the book because I kind of put all the modalities in order so you can see my progression through them. And I've, I started out as a massage therapist, and the next logical thing – for most massage therapists, is Reiki, which is a hands-on healing work. It's an energy modality. So I started using that. And then what I realized was my clients really started to consider me a health practitioner. They started to look at me like um, 
for more information than stick that elbow in that knot that hurts. You know, they wanted to know about their cousin's autism and their uncle's heart disease and yeah. what could I help their wife's sleeplessness. And I thought, gosh, you know, they're really relying on me to be a professional further than a massage therapist. I better start learning. Um, I had the herbal background. I honed it a little bit after the uh, <laughs> after the horseradish. Horseradish incident, um, but I started using things like homeopathics and herbs, and then I st- I got my doctorate as a traditional naturopath, and I was totally addicted. And I thought, you know, I'd be learning this stuff anyway, so let's keep going. Mm-hmm. So I got my master's and PhD, and through doing that, I learned about things like Ayurvedic medicine and uh, Oriental medicine, which I don't use those in my practice, but. To me, the more I know, the more I can help other people. Um, and I did a lot of study of mind, body, medicine, and stress during my master's and PhD. That's what my dissertation was on. So I wrote two books on stress, one for other practitioners and one for the general public, because that's such a huge issue that's not fully addressed, especially with our Western medicine system. So, you know, I want to share what I learned and what I found out. That's that's why I keep learning stuff. So yeah, I really did just you're absolutely right. I just kept stacking thing on thing on thing and I'm not quite done yet. I just got my my license as a hypnotherapist. So Oh my gosh, that's I, I'm running out of running out of room on my card for initials. <laughs> yeah. All right. So you, you talked about stress. What are what are the different ways that men and when women deal with stress and then what are some of their the best practices for for each? It's Yeah, it's interesting. In this society, and I'm seeing this shift a little bit, but at least in the States, we still have the men tend to have the money stress and the women tend to have the family stress. But, you know, those roles are really shifting. So I'm having a lot of clients in my office who they're the stay-at-home dad and the mom is worried about the money and the dad is at home with the kid dealing with soccer practice and homework and school. So, you know, we have stress all over. And one of the keys to remember is we can't control the stress. So the stress really isn't the problem. We can't stop it. We can't change the traffic. We can't change the kid's schedule. We can't change the layoff or the audit or, you know, whatever it is. What we have to do is manage our response to that, and that's really the key. Um, So doing things like meditation, mindfulness practices, visualization, affirmations, there are so many ways. Um, And for people that say they can't meditate or they don't have time for this stuff, there's such simple techniques. And and I'll tell you my favorite one. Uh, It's called a mini meditation and rather than having to sit on the pillow and put your hands a certain way and your tongue goes up and your eyes roll back and, you know, we think of seated formal medica- meditation as being so difficult. Mm-hmm. And the mini meditation, you simply concentrate on your breath and on the inhales you think, I am, and on the exhales you think, at peace. And you just repeat that over and over again. And if other thoughts intrude, which of course they do at first, um, dismiss them without judgment and return to inhale, I am, exhale at peace. It's saved my life. It's been a life changer for me. That's fascinating. And it's a, it's a very simple technique that people can use without it having to be this huge commitment and, and saying, oh, I have to get the meditation pillow and the incense candles and like the right type of scenario for them to be a practitioner of, of it. But I'd love to hear, you know, can you tell us a story about a client that you've worked with and you've seen the impact of the modalities that, that you've learned and incorporated for your clients to say, wow, it took them from a you know, situation of where they were, where they maybe were very mired in, could be anything, uh, health concerns, um, emotional issues, blockages, and how you help them through. Yeah, absolutely. There's one that stands out, and I talk about this all the time, um, because it was such a pivotal moment for me, and it really got me to understand the mind-body connection and and how stress is affecting us, and also how our language affects us, which is interesting. Um, I had a client who had... um, 
it wasn't diagnosed as carpal tunnel, but she was having hand and wrist pain. And her doctor did the tests and nothing was really wrong with her. He said, I had a little tendonitis. And she was a great client. She did all her homework. She uh, changed her workstation. She was taking her ibuprofen. She was doing the stretches. She was doing the strengthening. She was coming to me for a massage every week. And it wasn't getting better. It would get a little bit better, but as the course of the week wore on after the massage, it was coming back, and both she and I were getting really frustrated. And finally, after the sixth or seventh session, I started to wonder, what am I missing? Like, what am I doing that's not helping her fully? And so I said, you know, tell me again when this hurts you. And she thought about it for a second. She said, well, you know, it's when I'm, when I'm grabbing things, like when I'm holding stuff, like I can't hold my hair dryer and I can't hold my glass of wine, which I thought that was a tragedy. So we had to, we had to fix her <laughs> arm so she could get that wine in there. It's anti-inflammatory. Very good for you. Um, and so, but, but I listened to the words she said. She said grab and grasp and grip. And I thought, hmm, okay, I have a question. So I said to her, well, is there something you're holding on to too tightly? Is there something that you have to let go and her eyes popped open and she looked at me and she said, I don't want to let my kids go. Oh, my gosh. And I, it, I was stunned that she had an answer, let alone one that was so profound. And I said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, when I was a kid, my brother, 16 years old, went out to drive for the first time with his license and was killed by a drunk driver. <gasps> oh, my gosh. And, yeah. And she said it ripped the family apart and... Uh, she never got over it, and that's why her kids are now at 15 and 14, and she was terrified. And I said, I totally get that. That makes perfect sense to me. I said, well, have you ever told your kids that? And she said, no, I just, I mean, they know I had a brother that died, but they don't know how. And I said, geez, well, you know, I'm not a psychologist, but I would think, if nothing else, sharing that with them would give them an understanding of why mom is so protective and concerned and maybe paranoid, or, you know, it would give the kids insight into why their mom had this this overbearingness and she said yeah that's that's a good point so she went home that night and she told the kids after dinner and they looked at pictures and they cried and they had this great family moment and and I've never lost a child I can't imagine how horrible that must be Uh, you know at 16 and yeah terrible um but she came back to my office the next time for her massage and she said you know my my arm feels it feels a little bit better and I went really and I did the massage and you know she had been coming every week because that's what she needed and the week shows up and she called and she goes you know I'm actually feeling really good do you mind if we do two weeks and then it was three weeks and then it was a month and then I never saw her again because I think it was that I think the massage helped everything she was doing helped you have to do the physical aspect of it but I think that last little bit that was going to kick her over to full healing was Acknowledging that mind-body connection and acknowledging those, those pent-up feelings from her kids um, and losing her brother at such a young age. You know, because we have these phrases. We have things like, I can't stomach this and who's the pain in the neck and who's the pain in the butt? And um, I'm shouldering the burden the way the world is on my shoulders. My hands are full. My heart is breaking. Oh my, my heart is open. Power of words, right, Kathy? Totally, but it's but it's it's a map of what are we holding in our bodies. And again, I'm not saying if you just talk to your kids about something, all your pain's going to go away. Right, you have right. to do the physical stuff too. But but if it's even ten percent, even five percent of your healing, why would you not take that? Well, it's correlative, and and just like you said, I love it. Mind body connection. It's it's indisputable. It's going to the the things, your experiences, the words that you use, the stories that you tell. If you if it's pent up, it'll manifest in some way, and in a very unexpected way. And I'm assuming that you, as a professional, just have had a lot of of clarity on that and seeing that mind body connection with all the clients that you have. 
Yeah, it's been fascinating. And I've, you know, I've got some clients where I've seen them for 10 or 15 years, weekly or biweekly or every month or, you know, and I've seen illnesses come and go. And I've also seen their mindset change. Mm. And and I can really tell, um, and and, uh, usually it's men that are a little less apt to have the conversation with me about the mind-body connection. But I can say, hey, so does stress make that feel worse? And of course, 100% of the time they go, oh, absolutely. Um, And we talk about that. And some are really open to hearing the mind-body connection and clearing some of those issues. And and some simply just want a good massage. And Mm. I can go either way on that. You know, I'm I'm there to provide for people what they want. And if they want more than just the massage, maybe the hypnotherapy session or two will help. Mm. I'm loving the hypnosis right now. I'm seeing such amazing results from doing that. Um, So yeah, it's been been such an interesting journey and I'm not done yet. Uh, I'm not done yet. So I'll be curious to see what's next. (laughs) Now you, you mentioned a mindset. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Patty and I, in our show, we always talk about mindset and how mindset helps your overall scope, your overall picture. Uh, can you talk a little bit more? I mean, obviously, the story you just told is is a great, um, you know, a great example of that. Yeah, I mean, I could just use an example from my own life, which is a, a level of success. And you know, we set up what our futures are. I really do believe that. And whether it's making a vision board or doing affirmations or making a life map, or there's something called. Um, uh, mental bank, which I learned in my hypnotherapy school, which is amazing, which is taking these activities that you do to further your career, to further your life, and actually give yourself mental bank dollars for that. You know, because so often people are like, oh, well, you're not making any money doing that. Why are you doing it? It's like, but it's leading me forward, either personally or professionally or spiritually. And that. we have to, we have to count that. You know, I'm on a show with you guys today, and it's not paying me. But I'm educating people, and I love doing it, and I love connecting with people, and I love the whole aspect of doing the radio and the the podcast, and the you know it's like, that's a passion for me. I get mental bank points for that in my own little mental bank because it's leading me forward and it's helping other people. And you know how how can you not get credit for that? And I think we dismiss so many of the things we do because we look towards this. You know what's the ROI, <laughs> which we have to have. I've got a bottom line. I need to make money too. But there's so much more to it than that, and I think if we look at success just from the money we're making and not the impact we're making, we're, we're selling our, ourselves and everybody else short. Oh, I love, love that whole concept of if there are things that fill your spirit or things that don't necessarily have that ROI, it's the mental bank points. I love that whole concept of it. It's beautifully stated because sometimes we beat ourselves up for the things we love to do where people mm-hmm. on the outside will will associate it with, well, why are you doing that? You know, you're not making any money with it. Well, if it fills your mental bank, if you will, that's very powerful. And it yeah. fills your spirit and gives you enough strength to move forward with the other things that you're doing as well. Absolutely. And we talk so much about work-life balance. And, you know, when I first started my practice, there was no balance. There was me yeah. diving for every phone call. I was taking every appointment. Right. You know, I'd get done for dinner and get a last-minute phone call, and I'd be out at 8 at night heading to see a client. If you only give yourself points for those things that make you money, you're going to drive yourself crazy. Yeah. Uh, because now I dance three days a week, and I do flying trapeze, and I spend time with my husband and the cats, and the, I go to the Y and work out, and you know, I get points for all that. And when you look at it as something that is furthering you, it's, it brings that balance back in. I get points every time I go to dance class. 
because it's something I love. It's something that feeds my spirit. It nourishes my body. Um, why would that not count towards what I'm doing in this life? So to me, you have to give yourself credit for those things. Love, um, in your book, you, you have a whole chapter about your life's motto. Can you tell us what that is and, and really how you live it? Yeah. Um, the life, it's go for it. And I came up with that. Well, I didn't come up with that. I'm probably not the first person that said those three words in that order. Um, but that was something I always said in high school. And to me, uh, you know, we're on this planet for a limited amount of time. And I want to experience everything I possibly can. And I want to know what those sensations are. And I want to know what those accomplishments are. And I do things like flying trapeze. And I've been splunking and rappelling and zip lining and, you know, whitewater rafting. And I do I jumped off the 20 foot cliff into the water when we were whitewater rafting. And, you know, I want to know what all that feels like. Now with that comes a risk, as I said before the show, I'm a little injured right now from doing some trapeze yesterday, but and someone said, was it worth it? And I said, yeah, I mean, it, it was. I, you know, I, I didn't have safety lines on. I did my first trick out of lines. I made a return to the. I mean, it was it was an amazing experience. And I can either look at the course of the day and go, oh well, I'm not going to be able to fly for a while. I hurt myself, or, oh my god, I did the most amazing thing. Right. We choose where we put our focus. Mm. And Absolutely. you know. Everybody talks about these bucket lists. I hate that term bucket list because what you do is you write this list and you go, oh, and then you stick it somewhere. And it's like, but when are you going to do that stuff? You know, why are you waiting until you're terminal or you're 80 to do these things on the list? If it's something huge, like, I mean, the trip around the world for me is going to have to wait. I don't have the time or the money. But the little things like eating at Tavern on the Green, which I actually don't even think exists anymore, or, you know, skydiving or doing trapeze or, uh, you know, you need to – to see what you can do, even if it's a new restaurant or a new way to work or a new meal. Why would you not want to experience those things? So go for it. Take those risks, calculated, um, and you can make change in your life. Calculated risk, please. <laughs> I don't want to get nasty phone calls of, I jumped out of a plane, and yeah. <laughs> well, but, you, you, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just say go for it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned something uh, you know, in, in what you're talking about, and, and it brought me to uh, Tony Robbins talks about uh, – Someday is a road that leads to nowhere. So if you if you have that that bucket list and you put it somewhere and you know, I'll I'll get to it someday. If you're not going to make it a priority, it's probably not going to happen. No. And the other thing is just writing stuff down. I mean, I think it's totally great to write down a goal list. I did that when I was in high school. I wrote down. I used to keep so many journals. I don't do it as much anymore. But in the back of one of my journals, I wrote this list of things I wanted to do before I died. Okay, basically a bucket list, and it was everything from. <laughs> dancing with Baryshnikov and singing with Van Halen. I think I missed my chance on those. Um, though they're still touring and with all the conflict, you know, I might, um, I, but I got to see Van Halen five times in concert. I saw Baryshnikov dance live and I stood there afterwards with, you know, 300 young girls holding their point shoes to get his autograph. So I worked that in somehow. I didn't dance with him. But I got to meet you know meet him for that twenty seconds it took for him to sign the book that I had, um, and one of them on my list was going to Egypt. I always wanted to stand in front of the pyramids and go to Egypt, and it sat in that book for years since I was like seventeen years old. And this year I was privileged enough to go to oh, Egypt. Oh wow, that's fantastic! And I. I photocopied that page because I didn't want to take the journal. I thought if this gets lost, you know, it was my very first journal. Um, I photocopied that page and I took a picture of myself standing in front of the pyramids in tears pointing to that journal entry because we have to keep those things in mind and we have to reach for those goals and take advantage. We have to take advantage when these opportunities come up. 
That is magnificent and such a testament to the power of words, the power uh-huh. of, of taking that thing that you called not it's not a just a list that's going to sit and be archived. But if you go back to that list and, yes. and challenge yourself to activate it, taking uh-huh. the action against it, it's such a beautiful thing because it's so when you've done it, just like you said, it brought you to tears. I mean, anybody listening to that story is going to get chills for it because it's such a powerful moment, it's such a yeah. testament to the power of words. I love that. So, so kind of as we're um, transitioning um, in terms of your entrepreneurial, uh, the way that you live, can you share with us the, uh, you know, our community and your interpretation? What's probably the hardest thing about being an entrepreneur? Oh, it's the balance. Oh, it's definitely the balance. And especially as a practitioner where I have to then also work on the clients. Um, I don't have an auto body shop where someone else is doing all the stuff and I'm maybe doing part of the stuff. It was all me. So I was answering the phones and I was scheduling the appointments and I was trying to find office space and I was doing the massage and I was doing the billing and I was doing the, you know, it was... um, I don't like the word solopreneur for some reason. That ter- I don't know why I don't like that word, but that's what I am and that's what I was yeah. um, because I was responsible for everything. And that can be really overwhelming. And if you're not good at business, you know, one of the smartest things I ever heard was the, success- the key to success in business is surrounding yourself with people that know more than you. Yes. Right. Yep. That's totally true. I don't know accounting. I have an accountant that handles my taxes. I don't do my own laundry uh, at, the, at, the, at my office because there was one day I will never forget. I'm driving around with piles of sheets in my car. I get a call for a massage. I'm out of sheets. And I thought, well, that's ridiculous. What business am I in? Am I in the laundry business or am I in the massage business? <laughs> and that was the day I ordered about 10 or 15 sets of sheets and I found a laundry service close by and I drop off the dirties and they come back clean and folded and bagged and they're beautiful and there was no way I would ever do my own laundry again because I realized, yeah, it's extra money but how much time is it saving me? Exactly. what am I in this business for? And you start to learn that the, yeah, that the money is not, the money is not as important as your time and for me to be at home doing laundry in hopes, oh, I hope I have these done in time for that next client. It was ridiculous. It was just, I mean, that, that did not take me long to figure that one out. That was one of the smartest things I ever did. Well, that probably also was, it took a lot of stress out of it too. Yes. Yeah. And, and also that's... you figure now when I'm done with a massage, I can go home and just go home. As opposed to now having to do three loads of laundry because I have so many sheets. And now my practice is so full, there's no way I'd have time to do the laundry. <laughs> well, and if I could just go back to that whole point of it's also the concept of opportunity cost, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. costing you money. It's costing you money to do your laundry when you can pay somebody like, you know, like a service that you're talking to now. Now you could tend to your clients. So very similarly to that, um, I have a situation where, you know, early on, I found out I'm like, I'm horrible at bookkeeping. I don't want to do the bookkeeping. I was doing it all by myself. And as soon as I outsource it to somebody that loves to do it, she's happy doing it. It it provides a service. So she's providing a service. I'm happy to pay her because now I can focus on things that I'm that I am just evolved in like things that I want to do clients that I want to meet with instead of this stuff that's like looming and that I hate to do. So I love this whole concept of of opportunity cost. It's a, a call to you know, it's really telling people outsource what you're not good at period, and focus on what you want to do. I was just going to say, or that you don't want to do. Exactly. 
about a year and a half ago, I was feeling so overwhelmed because I do so much different stuff. And I took myself to, my husband was out of town, I took myself to an only child dinner where I go to my favorite restaurant and I sit there with a nice glass of wine and really good food. And sometimes I just sit there and sometimes I write in my journal and I was just feeling so overwhelmed with so many different things. And I thought, well, okay, well, let's write down what my responsibilities are. And it started with, you know, I massage clients. Mm. Uh, I keep up with social media. I write my own blog. I write my own books. I lecture, you know, I, I wrote everything down, including guest posts on other people's blogs and the social media and then this and that. And I said, okay, what do you hate to do? And I ranked them in order of what I wanted slash needed to do and what I really didn't like doing. And a couple of them fell off a list. And I went, you know, I don't have to write it as much for other people's sites and blogs. I can vet it. I can pick one or two that I think is going to be meaningful and influential to other people. But I don't need to say yes to everything that comes around. The other thing I, I really didn't like doing at that point was the social media. Now I'm doing still my own Twitter and Facebook, but it was just overwhelming to me to sit there. And I know as silly as it sounds to write my however many character tweet, I was like, oh my God, I got to do Twitter again. Um, <laughs> but I realized I've, I've discovered a new timing for that and a new joy for that. So it's mm-hmm. like, write your stuff down, what your responsibilities are. And if you don't want to do it or you don't like it, see if you can't delegate it out or drop it off. Because yeah. it's going to change your attitude towards it too. What's, uh, what's the thing that helps get you into the zone? When you're working, that's a really good question because it depends on what I'm working on. (laughs) Um, Okay, that's you know because I do different stuff. Um, I always take a moment before I go in with clients and I do the a couple minis. I do the I am at peace, Um, dance class. Just being in the room gets me going. Um, Trapeze. I do the I am at peace and I actually hypnotize myself to perform better with using an anchor that I set in myself. But I think it's just just. What gets me going is knowing that I'm going to help somebody or, mm. or influence them. I love that. That is just, that's why I'm here and that's why I do what I do. And it's a huge privilege to be able to, whether it's one client in my office or a lecture with 300 or your show with however many thousands. You know, it's just like that's what I love to do. And it, it gets me out of bed and it gets me moving to the next thing. Kathy, as we're wrapping up, tell people how they can connect with yeah absolutely um my website the best one is the alternative medicine um you can get all five of my books there plus my massage dvd if you sign up for my newsletter which is just a free monthly newsletter i don't bug you with it i don't sell your email address or anything of course you get a free super secret video love it health super tip secret. super secret don't tell anybody um I'm on YouTube. You can see all my health videos and my and my um, trapeze videos, which is uh, youtube.com slash Dr. Kathy Groover. And I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter, of course, we talked about. So you can find me wherever. And I do Skype um, consultations and, and hypnosis and, and uh, visualizations and things like that. So, yeah, hook, come find me. It's uh, thealternativemedicinecabinet.com. Brilliant. Okay. And all those links will be in the show notes. Yeah, all the links will be in the show notes. The the one last question. How do you see your business evolving over the next year, year or so? Yeah, I don't see much changing. I really don't. Um, at some point, my body's going to give out and not let me do as much massage. Um, so that's one of the reasons I got into the hypnotherapy. Yeah. To me, that was the perfect transition. And I heard my father's words echo in my head when I was in college of, you have to have something to fall back on mm. because I was a theater major. Um, I needed something to fall back on. It ended up being massage. Who knew? Um, so I, I do want to incorporate other things into my practice. I think I'm done with school for a while, <laughs> though I could go on forever. Um, I see it just plugging along as it is. It's in a really beautiful place. I love my clients. I love the hypnotherapy that I'm doing and the massage that I'm doing. So I think I'm at a I think I'm at a I'm at a comfort zone right now, which is kind of nice. I'm not trying to build. I'm not trying to tear down. I'm just riding it right now. Love it. Love it. Awesome. 
So b- before we ask the traditional final question, I actually have a, a follow-up last question, and that is David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar? <laughs> oh. Sammy Lee, Sammy, okay, yeah, this is going to be a longer show. Uh, Sammy Lee, he is such an amazing, he is, Sammy Hager has such an amazing voice. It's just so unique, but for, as a showman, it's David Lee Roth. And the Absolutely. last time I saw them, I mean, he's like, what, 105 now? And he's still trying to do the kicks and j- beating stuff on the stage. And we're going, what is he doing? Yeah, he's still a spaz. Uh, so it depends on my mood. But the songs, I mean, the classics, you got to go back to the 70s and that's David Lee Roth. Yeah, <laughs> Absolutely. So I, just, I had to ask. I, always, you know, I appreciate people, the question. <laughs> when people talk about Van Halen. You know that that there obviously was that divide, and mm-hmm. there's a there's 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 each camp has has their own uh, people. I digress. So the last question is: What sage advice can you offer for our boss free society listeners? Something that they can do in the next 24, 48 hours that's going to help help move their business forward. Yeah, uh, don't take too much horseradish. <laughs> that's that's definitely that is some key. sage advice. <laughs> yeah, sage is fine. Sage, you're not going to hurt yourself with. Um, I would there's there's two things. Incorporate the mini meditation into your day because really it is so time cha- so life changing, and you can do it anywhere at any time. Whether you're sitting in the car, please don't close your eyes, or before you go into a meeting, before you sit down to write, it stops that stress response and ups your cognitive function. So who doesn't need more of that? Um, and the other thing is. Write down your goals. Really write them down and start with the big one and then do that little chart of, okay, well, what are the little ones to get me there? Because if we write just a big one, it could be really intimidating. I'm going to clean the whole house. Okay, why don't we start room by room, corner by corner, dish by dish? You know, you can have a game plan if you know what you want. If you If it's vague and you don't know what you're shooting for... How do you make a roadmap to get there? If you go on a trip and say, I'm going somewhere, good luck with that. Yes, <laughs> know where you're going and break up those steps. Well, thank you, Dr. Kathy, for all of this great information, for all the advice, the stories, the horseradish warning, all very important. So we appreciate you so much, and we thank you so much for being on our show. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Have a great one. Thank you. You too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Boss Free Society Podcast. If you want more, connect with us on Facebook at Boss Free Society fan page, Twitter at Boss Free Society, or join our group of other boss-free-minded peeps at the Boss Free Dojo on Facebook.